Girl, he reads from these journals he kept when he was a principal. Uncut and uncensored. Putting all his business in the street. The podcast, Ruthless Equity. The name, Ken Williams. My assistant superintendent, Dr. Jackson, visited unannounced yesterday. Joy. I found myself somewhat off my game and unusually unprepared. I take full responsibility and I was embarrassed because he left me with some follow-up items on a, after a visit about a month ago. And while the, the issue is important to me, I was remiss in really inspecting what I expect. I'm kicking myself because the tweak was so simple to ensure every teacher has a learning objective posted on a daily basis. Dr. Jackson also informed me that I had to refrain from changing the name of our school. <laughs> In the back of my mind, I knew something like that would happen. He told me that the board informed him that I could not change the name without board approval. I could, however, call the school Swint Elementary, the Learning Academy. I'm just glad I didn't change the letters on the front of the building. This is Ken Williams. I appreciate you tuning into the podcast and sharing it with others. Hey, listen, I do. I provide professional learning experiences to schools and leaders looking to shift their culture to deliver on the promise of equity, excellence and achievement for all students, regardless of background. I'm proud to say I'm no longer in the convincing business. I have no interest in convincing you. If you are convinced uh, based on research based pity, that your students can't, then you're gonna find enough research to win that argument. I have no interest in that. But if you are a leader who is tired of the paradigm being all about student pity, and you wanna lean more into staff power, I'm your man. If you're a leader tired of dealing with survival mode as a default mechanism, you're tired of survival mode as your everyday existence, crawling to 2.30, if you got into leadership because you want to do something special, then I'm your man. If you are a leader, tired of the kind of messaging that makes our job seem impossible, then I'm your man. I'm not for everyone. I'm looking for people who want to win. Again, if you want to come up with research, enough research-based pity to um, try to convince me why your kids are going to lose, you're going to win. You're going to win that argument because there's enough research-based pity out there. But if you are looking to win, if you're looking to break through, do something special, have a legacy, write your ticket anywhere, ensure high levels of learning for all kids at grade level or better, then you've got two options. One, go to the podcast notes, click the link, and download my free Crown Conversation Starter. You're going to love that. It's a, it's a great tool to get challenging conversations started. You don't have to feel the pressure of what to say first. 
I'm going to string together a few of my micro learning videos with some question prompts that you can use to move the issue of equity, achievement, and learning forward. And or partner with me. Go to my speaking page and look at the options. The on-site experience, which is a complete game changer. Or the virtual experience. Either way, go to unfoldthesoul.com and let's connect, make magic, and ensure kids win. Now, back to the podcast. Oh, baby, let's get into it. Oh, man, this takes me back. Not that I wanted to skip this episode, but I felt bad all over again because just you have a sense of my wiring. I, as a principal, had a pretty good filter about doing things that move the school forward versus the stuff that just felt like compliance, check off the box, do it for central office kind of shit. And so when I talk about, you know, not coming through with these items, it wasn't. And listen, back in the day, there was this big push to have a learning objective on the board. So I'm not here to debate the merits of that. What I'm talking more about is I had a leader who was in my corner and that's what this is about. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a perfectionist. Um, I can, I was probably a little passive aggressive sometimes with stuff that I was made to do that didn't move our work forward. But this is different because I've, I've got a leader I got a leader in my corner and I know while I'm not noisy, I'm not one to bring a lot of attention to myself, you know, in the principalship, but uh, I'm going to do shit. And my philosophy was, uh, I'm pretty sure this is going to work. I'm... I'm not going to ask permission. And by the time they catch us, we're going to have results. And that was, that was my attitude. But sometimes when you've got a leader who supports you, sometimes he, he, he catches some of the shrapnel. So the name change was one of them, but I, I can tell you that was all a part of our visioning process, you know, because you know, Swint Elementary, just on its own terms, just the, the history we had, man, we, we, we needed to change up some things. And part of our visioning narrative involved a line being around the corner for people who want to enroll their kids in our school. We wanted to compete with private schools. We wanted to become that school. And I just came up with this crazy idea that, hey, we're going to call ourselves the Learning Academy. The Learning Academy at EJ Swint. And I just like the sound of it so much and my staff loved the sound of it. Shit, we felt, you know, we felt kind of upper crusty. You know what I mean? So I changed the letterhead. I mean, all letterhead was looking dead as hell anyway. And I told you before, we had this dumb, big old dumb, fat-ass eagle with, you know, stubby wings and stuff. And, hell, evil... Eagles are predators, baby. So we changed the eagle. I changed the letterhead. I hired someone to revamp the website. 
all of our spirit wear, said the Learning Academy DJ Swint. You know, I made sure every kid had spirit wear, just trying to create this atmosphere of academic excellence and changing the name of the school was a part of it. And I'm not saying this is the right thing to do or the right way to go, but uh, I, I had a good sense of red tape and bureaucracy and I have no patience for that kind of shit. I have no patience for that. When I'm your principal, it is us against the world, baby. It's us against the world and my staff bought into it. But eventually word got out, it came around. I didn't change the letters on the front of the school. I knew better than that. But as soon as you walked in, you just saw big ass banners, had a mural done, fine art. I mean, we just did it all, man. We did it all and it was all tied to our vision. So this wasn't just a little cavalier move on my part. Every move we made had to be backed up with results. And that was the thing. So as soon as we talked about changing the name and as soon as I changed it and then started doing that stuff, I felt immediate pressure to get some wins because I didn't want, I didn't want this change to be cosmetic. I didn't want it to be cosmetic. And I also didn't want to put my leader in a bad position. You know, we didn't have many talks about how I operate, but I, 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 watched a, I watched a documentary recently about Brett Favre, who, I mean, just a phenomenal quarterback, just phenomenal mindset. And he was definitely, a, he was a gunslinger, man. He, he took risks. He tried stuff, he ad-libbed, he went off book. And his first coach at Green Bay, Mike Holmgren, would, like he would lose his hair on the sidelines. Favre driving him crazy. At the same time, he knew he had something in Favre. Like they, they were they were bound at the hip. I kind of felt that with Dr. Jackson, you know? I'm not, a, I don't think I'm special, but I, I know I'm kind of a different kind of dude, you know? I. How can I describe it? Whatever it is, if it's entrepreneurial, if it's risk-taking, if it's going for it, 100 people are thinking about it, only three are gonna make moves. I'm gonna be one of those three. That's just my history. I got a lot of failures, I got a lot of carnage, I got a lot of stuff that didn't work, I got a bunch of shit that has worked, because I'm gonna be one of those three. And I think Dr. Jackson knew that. And so, while he gave me the room to bend and flex and innovate and be creative and lead. Some of that involved doing shit that uh, by the time they catch us, we're gonna have results. So I really tried not to put him in a bad position. I never wanted him to waste his time. So I genuinely felt bad about not being prepared. And all these years later, you know, as I'm going over this episode, I'm thinking to myself, man, that's that's the kind of that's the kind of leader I hope I was. That um, you know, when we're not our best, like we actually feel bad. Like I didn't want to let Dr. Jackson down, and I like that I felt that way because it wasn't about you know bullshit paperwork. I mean, because hell, I never minded. I was never bothered by a third reminder about shit that wasn't going to move our school forward. Um, I probably should have been more professional, but I'm, I'm telling you with this thing, it was less about, hey, I am completely 
an advocate for having, you know, teach put objectives on the board and more that he left me with that line item a month ago and I didn't come through. So I hope I was that kind of leader. And I also want you to know that I was a visionary leader, man. Like we were driven by vision as my my friend and colleague Brandon Jones likes to say, that's the name of his company, Driven by Vision. And so the name change was just a part of it. Because ultimately what you want your vision to do is to paint a picture that pulls the staff, that pulls all of us toward it every day, even on those worst days. And I'm just gonna give you just a little extra thing right here that we're gonna wrap this up. Because I'm working with a principal this week on this very topic. Visioning, uh, casting a compelling school vision, not a damn statement, but an actual vision. It depersonalizes accountability. And I found that to be most beneficial for me because at my core, I'm a people pleaser. And what the visioning activity did was it made confronting misaligned behaviors not about me. It was always about, hey, this doesn't line up with our vision. Hey, this doesn't line up. And Brig Lane, if you've not worked with Brig Lane, he's a, he's a phenomenal leader in this area and uh, ran his last school this way. Like everything was through the lens of vision. So that's this episode, baby. That is this episode, Ruthless Equity. My wife told me the other night, she was like, oh my God, you're coming up on two years and this thing has still got legs. Yeah, I don't know what the life cycle is for a book, but I'm I'm so glad that it's in uh, more and more hands because it needs to be in the hands of every teacher in America. I'm going to encourage you to share this podcast with others. Just share it with two people this week, baby. I need more listeners. I'm grateful for your listenership. I want you to start with the crown, not with the kid. And always remember, there is no chance, no destiny, no fate that will circumvent, hinder, or control the firm resolve of a determined soul. Make this a great week and may the bridges you burn light the way. You've been listening to the Ruthless Equity School Leadership Podcast with Ken Williams. For more information about Ken, visit ruthlessequity.com.